Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. I am joined by Ed Mann. Hello. Fraser Hart. Hello. Uh, we have a special guest today in the form of Frank de Jonger. Did uh, I get that right, Frank? Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. High five. High five, Mickey. Yeah, we should let the audience know we have been discussing the pronunciation before the <laughs> podcast for about five minutes, was it, Michael? Uh, about, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you did well. Thanks. thanks yeah, man. that was the, one of the most proper pronunciations I've I've, I've heard so far. Yeah, look at that. Boom. Dutch person, so uh, good on you. <laughs> thank you very much. But uh, thank you for coming on the show and uh, and giving up your spare time to uh, come and talk to us about a little bit about what you do and everything. So um, uh, what we'll do, we'll just have a quick uh, whip around the group and just uh, see where everyone's been up to, really. Uh, so let's kick off with uh, Ed Mann. How's your exciting week been? Uh, yeah, it's been exciting. Been very busy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you build this up now, you know. So if I just I think that was rubbish, then um, so but you've been building, working on an app. Are you still doing uh, all that? Still doing that the app stuff, the Swiss stuff. We've released the version, well, almost onto version one now. Nicknamed Martha because right. I have no idea why, but you know, it's a good name. Yeah. Uh, you've got a name stuff. This is the thing. Projects need a name. Definitely. Projects need a name. You know, like it's like Linux distributions and like versions. Yeah. You know, they good names. Yeah, yeah. As as the fun of the project. Um, but yeah, so other than that, outside of work, uh, well, moving in with a couple of mates to a house, which will be interesting in a couple of weeks. We got the house, which was nice. Well done. Yeah. Uh, thank you. It was a bit weird because um, we went... So literally, we, we last Saturday, we went and saw the place and we're like, yeah, this is awesome. Then we got... Because we actually wanted to... We, we found that place on another site beforehand. I'm sure the audience love to know about this. Uh, we found the site on another website and we found yeah found on another site but they kind of rejected us the first time because we were three blokes and having three guys together probably doesn't look that great they always think it's just me parties all the time because obviously we are party <laughs> animals um and so she's she, um it's a couple that actually rent it out and it's kind of her baby this house and it was quite funny because we met up with them on the monday and she was a bit kind of apprehensive thinking yeah we didn't actually know it was going to be you you know i was in <laughs> so we're like yeah you know and i think what sold it was we just said you're a bunch of geeks <laughs> that's pretty much it like we just said yeah, yeah we're, we're much and then she was instantly so i don't know whether that's a compliment or an insult thinking yeah she was fine with it then so yeah, like, okay, you're you were safe because you were geeks yeah so. well because the, the husband comes in and she goes oh they're geeks and he's like, oh, that's all right then. I'm like, but wow. So they're the ones like in the movies, though, that their houses always get crashed by the unruly kids, right? That's it, so, you see. Exactly. You've got to come yeah. around and just, you know, destroy yeah. the place. So, just destroy it. Burn the place to the ground. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just go to the extreme of burning the place to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Not just yeah, come in and rock some feathers. Knock a like, all breaking it's myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember once when I went to a house party and the, per- the person who had the house party, the house was fine but someone actually just stole the sky box card <laughs> what i mean how mean is that just like oh, i'm not gonna take the whole thing i'm just gonna take the card because i know you won't where to work it then um <laughs> it was fraser wasn't it, it? it was I can tell lazy will laugh, yeah. and, uh, anyway well that's my week how about you mickey um okay so for me uh uh, the usual juggling baby, uh, not literally, and work and <laughs> don't um, think juggling babies is a good thing. No, not good. And uh, yeah, just uh, the studying thing is. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, like, you, um, what, it's going really you, well. I don't know if we talked about the courses properly on the pod. Yeah, have we? I hope I don't, but I might might have already talked about it. Fraser, you'll probably know. So you just tell me to shut up if I did. But uh, yeah, no. Basically, to summarise, I'm really, 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 really happy with my module choices. I just think uh, one of them that I'm probably going to struggle with but um yeah doing computer security which i know is your sort of thing you're interested in that kind of stuff aren't you uh so i'm having to i'm having to basically do a lot of the baby uh linux classes they basically set up classes. baby classes oh, baby oh classes. okay so at university <laughs> from masters they also teach you how to look after babies that's it yeah but <laughs> no because i'm not really uh, i don't really i do have experience of working with linux systems but i'm very much kind of Hmm, go on google see how to do this copy whereas now i'm actually learning how to uh not a lot of the um nuts and bolts of linux yeah, basically like so um philosophy and the file system and realizing how yeah, awesome yeah. it is so i could do a lot of these things um 
a lot of things commands also could just do on the command line on, on terminal on Mac. But I've actually because we're doing a group, we're using uh, what's the site called where it's um, no machine or something like that. Oh, I can't, can't remember what it's called now. It's something it's like, like a, a virtual machine, yeah, like yeah, cloud type thing. A yeah, cloud exactly. Service. And you basically just set up a well. We've basically all got a, a version of Ubuntu. Uh, we're just doing all cool stuff. Like at the moment, it's just really like baby steps. Like just playing with like wildcards to search file directories and 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 just piping programs together. Again, I've, I've done all this stuff before, but I didn't really understand what was going on. So um, and piping programs is actually. It's very cool, and when you get head around that, it's quite powerful, I guess. It's amazing that of these simple tools, what you can actually do, isn't it? Like the unit's philosophy of making some, yeah. a program that specifically does something, but then, yeah. as you say, you use the pipes to compose new programs out of them, and yeah, it is a really cool thing. And it, the really strange thing is, like when I when I was growing up, like um, my dad basically always had loads of computers and stuff as part of his work, and they were really prehistoric things. But I remember like being quite adept at using like um, DOS back in the day right. and okay the, I know the commands aren't identical or anything like that but similar kind of environment and I was quite confident with that whereas with Linux I'm not confident at all and all it is really is a file structure um, like any other operating system but you know especially when you're on the command line you, you taken away from that um, sort of graphics environment it's just uh, yeah I feel really not confident it's crazy so sudo rm uh, dash RF <laughs> <Star>. <laughs> always works. Yeah, so that no, but that is really really interesting. And I just started like getting into whole the whole encryption thing, and you know, just looking at the history of that. And I think like the very first one was like Caesar and Caesar got, ciphers, yeah, the Caesar cipher, yeah, which is just basically like a free character shift, but really interesting stuff. And uh, and again, we've talked about it in earlier podcasts, but it's like you can have perfect code security wise, and then if you have a room that's just unlocked where your service is. That's exactly yeah, it's the physical it, security, not just the actual yeah. hard, uh, 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 sorry, software security. Exactly. So that's awesome. And then neural networks, again, I've done about five hours reading on that today. But um, See, That just sounds really cool. Neural it is networks. very, very, very cool. And in fact, there's a guy in this country in London, uh, I think it's John O'Keefe, has just won uh, one of the Nobel Prizes for uh, science and, and his study of, basically he's done a study on, well, on rats, because you're going to study on rats, monkeys, and humans with epilepsy. But he's basically done a study, and I think it's on the hippocampus section of the brain with rats, which basically every time a rat enters a certain part of the room, he uh, he the rats this part of the brain like lights up basically, and you can see the activation of that brain. So yep. um, it's pretty really really cool stuff, and actually it Crazy sounds complicated, stuff. but it's not too bad. Basically, it works in the same way that our computers do. That you know you've got an input, you've got a weight, and if it crosses a certain threshold then it outputs something and that's that's all you really well i say that's what it really is. that's really simplifying that's what course it is over then you've done it yeah, yeah but input, <laughs> but the really interesting thing is that our computers don't work in the same way that the human brain does and the fact that the human brain break it up into its little tiny parts is really quite dumb all the neurons are really really simple uh but there's just like i think it's like 10 billion in the brain or not exactly but around that number whereas our computers work on what you know like three or four cpus and all that kind of stuff so it's really interesting it's all about you know kind of mimicking nature to to make something good in computer science that's very cool so sorry i really did uh ramble on there but uh that was and you've exchanged on your house as well this weekend have you yeah yeah that's really cool um well exchanging on monday and then we're completing a week later so um yeah it's all happening now and then it's it's basically just like five six weeks is going to be like um just gutting the place and installing yep. new stuff before we can move in. So you're going to burn it to the ground because you're just in that <laughs> mood, aren't you? I think. Yeah, we know a man about. Yeah, <laughs> I'll certainly be hiding my sky card. And that's why a few guys around. But, Am I but, supposed to be here? By the way, sorry to interrupt. Just, wow, I've just been like listening for the last five minutes. I didn't want to interrupt anyone because I know it doesn't tell you when someone joins the call. We thought we'd invite you in case you wanted to be in. Uh, so. You can just sit in the background, or if you've got something to contribute, you go for it. Okay. <laughs> is this is this just a casual Skype conversation, or no? This is no, a we're recording. We're recording. Yeah, yeah. Frank is being recorded right now. I actually just interrupt. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is how organised we are. Fantastic. Perfect. Uh, oh, but yeah, anyway, that's that's my week. But uh, yeah, how about you, Fraser? Um, it's, it's only been a couple of days, really, since we since we recorded I guess last. It has, um, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it has. Um, I don't have a, a massive amount to report, to be honest with you. I've been doing in the office. I've been doing a bunch of kind of front endy stuff, and not like exciting front endy stuff. Just kind of pixel push into to get a, 
kind of a front end profile page build look like exactly like a design and and work how the guy wants it to do in terms of animations and all this kind of stuff um so yeah it's been it's been fairly uneventful uh freelance is going really well yeah uh, i've kind of looking at my trello list at the moment one project i've got one thing to do um on one project and one of the other projects i've got 10 items to do and i think that's going to take a little bit longer but uh yeah it's, it's pretty much pretty much all done for now which is Oh, a great thing because yeah, I'll to, relief, yeah, I'll be able to get my evenings back to myself and yeah. hopefully have a bit more breathing space before I take on any more yeah, freelance more, more freelance stuff and then we'll be back to it again. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Yeah, I want to give myself at least a month off because I've got a fairly busy, a busy next few weeks anyway. So I want to take yeah, I want to take a few weeks off and then I'll, I'll probably take some more on after that. But uh, yes, it's been been really good. Um, and uh, yeah, not a lot else to are report. You, are you still doing that. that London to France thing? Yes, I am. Yeah, Paris, next weekend. Yeah, 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 you're yeah crazy. right. No, it'll be fine, man. No, you are just oh, insane. Yeah, it'll take yeah twenty. We reckon it's going to take twenty-two hours, including the ferry. Um, so yeah, the, the plans kind of leave less, not Leicester Square, leave Trafalgar Square at eight o'clock in the morning next Saturday, and then yeah, basically ride our bikes until we get to the Eiffel Tower. Very cool. Yeah. You're gonna GoPro it and stuff like that, so you can see. I'm gonna take some video. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I've, I've not kind of made my mind up if I want to actually make a video out of it because I know, like, in the middle of the night, the last thing I'm gonna want to have to do is get my camera out and kind of <laughs> stick it in people's face and say, "How are you feeling?" <laughs> and then, and then yeah, it'll then, be a lot of beeping things out because exactly, yeah. Off. So uh, yeah, I'd like to make a, a little, just a quick five ten minute edit of it, but um, yeah, whether that happens or not, if it does, it's more likely than not going to be just on my phone um, rather than on a GoPro or anything so, else. So. How, so are you plan so you planning then the Saturday come back on the Sunday as well or Yeah, come back on the Sunday. So we reckon we're going to get to And then go to, to work Paris. on Monday. Yeah. You're weird. That's, it's going to be pretty brutal. <laughs> but yeah, we kind of cuz we're going to be on the ferry for I think the ferry crossing takes about 4 hours. So we get like 4 hours sleep in the middle to kind of break it up. So we reckon it's going to take I don't know, maybe cuz we're only going to go a really leisurely pace, so 7 hours ish down to to New Haven from London. And then yeah, 4 hours on the ferry where we can sleep and then we reckon maybe another I don't know, 11, 12 hours to get to Paris from from Dieppe. Um, yeah, so kind of arrive in Paris at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, have uh, champagne and croissants for breakfast yeah. and, uh, and kind of, yeah, get on the train and sleep on the train and get a ferry and get home and sleep. <laughs> wow. That's, That's so awesome. cool. That's the plan anyway. makes my life so boring. Uh, get a bike <laughs> and come with us, man. <laughs> and die. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, just a quick one, guys, because I know we just talk about security and stuff, and I know, yeah. um, I think, Fraser, you do a bit more about this than I did, but I was just reading up about it on the whole Snapchat security thing in the week. Yeah, I, I don't know a huge amount. Only what I've kind of heard through through the blogs and stuff, but... Sorry, yeah. go on. I kind of well, right there. No, that's cool. I was just reading that. I think, basically, if this is to be believed, uh, obviously, I think it was like a third-party like um, uh, app that... Yeah, you Snapchat was that right? But yeah, um, from what I understand, yeah, there was there was two, and uh, kind of obviously first indications like because of the whole the fappening and everything that's been going on lately, like everyone's kind of gone to Snapchat and say, "Oh, this is outrageous," and then well, and quite rightly they've put their hands up and say nothing to do with us. Like people have been using third party apps that we specifically prohibit in our terms of service. People have been using these, and these are the services that have been hacked because I think these services allow you to save the snaps that get sent to you. I'm not sure which, what the services are that people have been using. Well, um, I'm just reading here. Like It says that basically there was, there was hundreds of thousands of nude Snapchat photos, yeah. Snapchat photos that were then basically dumped onto a, another site. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 4chan, probably. Yeah. I don't know if I should be promoting the URL, but I think oh, it was like dear. viralpop.com or something. Like, right. Mick. <laughs> I think it's been shut down now, so it's all safe. Yeah. Uh, Why do people like Snapchat? It makes no sense. The thing is, if you think if you think about Snapchat's audience as well, like Snapchat's audience is is predominantly younger people, isn't it? So this could be like a real, a real, a huge, huge. Yeah, I mean, my friend said to me, "Get Snapchat, get Snapchat." When it first came out, and I refused. I was like, "Look, I'm not getting this hipster app. Okay, I I don't want anything to do with this." Uh, And eventually, you know, only recently have I actually got Snapchat after it's been out for what a year, maybe. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years, maybe. um, Yeah. yeah, what you can do is actually pretty cool. Um, so if you're both in the same chat together, yeah. it's also an instant messaging service, uh-huh. um, the kind of send button turns blue. And if you hold that button down, when it turns blue, it means that you and the person you're speaking to are looking at the same screen, looking at your own chat. And you can then um, do kind of uh, just uh, like a video call, but it's all free. It's just, they just uses your Wi-Fi to do it. Yep. Really into it. And I think that's really cool how it, how it works. 
But um, so it's basically like Skype and and instant yeah, and Hangouts and, and yeah, yeah, FaceTime. It's everything. And... it's everything. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But that um, blue button is that then like a stock notification button? Like like people are knowing that you don't have any prior conversation, but then the line turns blue when you're both looking at the screen, not talking to each other. That sounds rather creepy. It is. It is weird. <laughs> and both of you, are, you know, there, but. I guess you'd only talk to people that you know, because that, yeah. that would be a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, because um, because of uh, like it's it's target well not it's target demographic, but it seems to be picked up a lot by kind of like teenagers and stuff, doesn't it? And so with yeah, no, with all these photos, with all these photos getting out there, there's going to be a lot of like questionable material floating about the internet because of it, I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, I'm not surprised because because people go, oh, it's just Snapchat. Don't worry about it. And they, you know, you can send pictures for like one second, which is kind yeah. of pointless. But that's the fun of it. You can send whatever you want to anyone. You yeah. don't even have to. Um, so when you send a friend, you don't really send friend invites as long as you have their Snapchat name. You can send yeah. them things. So if I just add Mike, for instance, I can start sending him things. But oh, he won't dear, be able that to could stop be risky. It. Yeah, he won't be able to that. stop it unless he blocks me, I guess. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, he can just do that. Um, and he has to add me to send me stuff back, I guess. But, yeah, so you can you can just send, you know, funny pictures for, like, a couple seconds because, you know, you don't want people to see it for too long or whatever. Yeah. But if you do screenshot the Snapchat, Snapchat... It lets will, them know, doesn't it? Yeah, it, no, it no, sends a yeah. notification saying, your Snapchat was screen has been screenshot. So yeah. It's just a sense. weird idea. I mean, it makes kind of sense as a good gimmick, but people start yeah. using it for really taking, you know, like actually use it. Like, well, you could just use, it's like, oh, it sucks that it only lasts for a second. It's like you could use just a normal. Yeah. F- but know, that's, I guess that's the, or... the thing, isn't it? I'm like, do you think there's a single male on the planet that installed Snapchat without the reasoning of, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be awesome because I'm <laughs> going to get pictures of boobs. And I've never had a single picture of boobs sent to me on, on Snapchat. Oh, so it's a, quite a disappointment, to be honest. But my, um, I'll send you one, man. Don't worry. My oh, friend yes. on my course, he, uh, he said, Sasha, you should get Snapchat. And I was like, why is that? He said, because look at this. And there's this, um, there's this girl who just kind of takes pictures of herself naked and sends them to everyone. What's her username? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was like, "Do you want to know username?" I was like, "I don't want to know anything about. It. I just don't want to know. I don't want to but get yes, involved." Yes, tell with me that. the username. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't tell me in public. Tell me later. <laughs> yeah. no, um, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay. I guess that's cool." But at the same time, it's like I don't want to. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't get an app just for that. That's so weird. Like, why you could just do it any other way? Why does it have to be that way? Um, I just think that you know, fair. I wouldn't. I I just think it's really weird that people do that and they kind of become popular. Oh, you know, get any call sort it, of massive, <laughs> Before we get any feminist backlash, I think maybe we should move on. But, um, uh, <laughs> Frank, uh, would it be okay to introduce yourself a little bit and uh, tell us what you do? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm uh, Frank, of course. I'm a freelance developer um, living in Amsterdam. I- uh, grew up just right outside of Amsterdam, and for the last couple of years, I've been uh, working hard, getting things uh, done in the open source spectrum of PHP, uh, so to say. Um, so, not, uh, recently, uh, over the last, I think, um, four or five months, one of my projects is really picking on, which is uh, Fly System. Um, which has uh, gained a lot of traction, and uh, so that that's what I'm working on now. Pretty much, um, well, not not full time, but in my spare time, uh, a lot of it goes there. Uh, of my time goes there, dedicated to uh, like fixing issues, uh, working out new stuff for newer versions, and well, yeah. So that's basically what I do. Uh, apart from my freelance work that's awesome uh, fly system's amazing um well, i was wondering what um how do you juggle then like your freelance work and your open source work do you like spend so i'm going to spend an hour a day on open source or is it more like this day i'm open source well it depends um i just um uh, started getting back into freelancing early this year i had a, a company with a partner uh, before which i quit to get back into freelancing. So uh, I haven't uh, yet uh, managed to get a steady flow of, uh, of jobs. So sometimes I'm just, there's just a week where there's no work. So 
those are uh, really nice windows to get a lot of stuff done. Uh, so I don't really have to to juggle it all that much. It might become more of a problem uh, once I uh, get more jobs. Um, but yeah, if I have a job, my open source uh, contributions will kind of, um, well, they'll still be there, but they'll be significantly less. Um, and I use my, um, my, my evening hours for it as well, or my night hours even. So it's really the maybe the classical I'm gonna hack this in the <laughs> in the in the night uh, kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so how did you get into programming then? It's always an interesting question. Oh yeah, mine is. Uh, I've I've told this a couple of times before, and, and it's even amusing for my non-programmer <laughs> friends because um, I was um, was just out of high school, I guess. And I was in a band with a couple of friends of mine, and we uh, played uh, like funk rock uh, music. And when you have a band, then of course uh, every band needs a website, right? So, uh, but we were all flat broke, so there was no way that we could ever afford to uh, like uh, set something up with somebody else that we needed to pay. So then I just uh, told them, well, well. Uh, my brothers are good with uh, uh, computers and I'm not too bad. Uh, so I could just learn this stuff, right? So I figured that I would just uh, first ask uh, some people that I knew who were doing that stuff, which uh, uh, there was only one person that I knew who was doing website stuff. So I asked him and he showed me some uh, some things and uh, I just took it from there, uh, basically tried to learn everything there was, but I was pretty isolated because that one friend, he taught me a little bit about how PHP worked and he showed me one way to make a, a, a database connection and probably still used like the MySQL real estate. <laughs> yep. So, um, once I got that website up, I thought, oh, it's going to be cool if I get some uh, something interactive on that site. And then I, um, I added a shout box, which were, was quite popular back in the day, and which was basically just open for anybody. I didn't know anything about security or <laughs> whatever. So I, I launched the band website and was there for a good week, and then... After a while, I um, um, I think it was a week or a week and a half later, and a friend of me called me up, and he uh, it was it was like, dude, have you seen your website? And I was like, no, no, what's up? He's like, oh, you better look for yourself. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> I I came back to my website, and basically what happened is somebody. Um, Somebody added 15 iframes of um, gay porn sites. Okay. (laughs) And uh, 27 JavaScript alerts with uh, the alert text was uh, shaken, not stirred. (laughs) So once you open the site, you instantly have to block all these JavaScript alerts and you're confronted with full frontal nudity <laughs> you might not be into. So you learned security the hard way then, PHP security oh, yeah. the hard I, way. After that, I was just like, oh, this this is never going to happen to me ever again. I'm just going to research all there is and um, just ensure that this will never happen again. <laughs> so that's my... Uh, I was actually more like catapulted into programming as in, I need to fix this. I need to acquire knowledge in order to, for this not to go like this ever again. So, what do you, uh, I suppose, was it the friend then who drew you, uh, made you uh, use PHP and like drew yeah. PHP? Yeah. Like, I had no clue whatsoever, like, what I was, uh, what was out there. I was just, it was like, yeah, you can do programming several different ways. I was just like, okay, but the way that you know, I can probably ask some some things and um, find out uh, some of the basics through him. So uh, that made sense for me then just to uh, use the stuff that were uh, that had the most resources, 
that had the lowest barrier of entry in, in the programming world, uh, that kind of boils down to PHP, which is what I like about it too, because uh, from every level out there, you can just go into PHP, do something, make it work, and it might not be the nicest stuff, but you can you can get started at you least. You can get stuff done, yeah. Yeah. So and and that would yeah, that was probably what got me hooked on PHP also because um it allows you to to learn. Uh it allows you to do stuff uh, just do stupid stuff first and then progress and do stuff better later. Um it's uh, yeah, it's not that bad to make lots of errors early on. You can have cheap shared hosting, and <laughs> they'll cover the basics uh, for you. Uh, you just have to protect your database tables, basically, and uh, the rest is kind of taken care of. And um, like your app might break, but when you're starting out, that's not the worst thing in the world those things really start to get important when you're further on, like if you're doing stuff commercially. That's it, uh, yeah, when you've got clients to, uh, deal, to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have somebody who's paying for you to do uh, something correctly, like that's the, that's the point where you have to know your stuff. But before that, you can just, yeah, just mess around, see what, what happens, uh, uh try to uh uh yeah make silly things just like uh oh i'm sorting an array now everything is in a different order wow that blew my mind and it's <laughs> absolutely that's uh, that stage of being uh, learning and in in witnessing program uh, yeah. being taught witnessing what happens that was uh yeah, that was it. Was the most amazing feeling, actually. So that that really got me hooked. Like I can think of stuff and then make something else. Do that over and over and over. That was just the most brilliant concept ever to me. That's awesome. And um, so you said mentioned that you do you're doing freelance now. Have you done that in the past? Then have you done quite a bit of freelance work during the years? Yeah, yeah. I started out as a freelancer, but. It, quickly turned into uh, me uh, starting a company with a with a friend um, so but yeah it was for small small uh, really small businesses and once I uh, started that company um, that really got uh, the companies that I then worked for were way bigger like uh, magnitude of uh 100 times bigger <laughs> so uh yeah um uh, that's awesome. so yeah I've, I've done it quite a bit but uh and you enjoy freelance more than so i suppose you've or have you only ever sorry? done free do you enjoy freelance i connection just dropped oh sorry uh, do you enjoy freelance work because um at the moment mickey is uh i'm sure mickey wouldn't mind me saying doing freelance <laughs> work um uh, for me i'm not really a nine to five person ever so uh, being able to to um, uh, mix up doing the nine to five stuff with just uh, getting up at ten, uh, being at uh, at my studio at twelve, and then just hacking away till uh, ten or twelve in the evening is just the most liberating thing. Like I can, um, uh, I don't have to to do stuff at a certain time. Like. I just have to uh, keep the promises that I've made and not keep the promises that somebody else has made for me. So the, the, in a way, that's that's really liberating. Um, so yeah, it does does give a lot of... Uh, it's, it's a really good sense of freedom, actually. So yeah, I can totally see why, uh, why he's hooked on it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I'm... Uh, I basically, I get a little bit... Well, no, I think we were talking with Fraser about this the other day, but um, I find freelance work quite difficult in the fact that sometimes it's hard to uh, define like when that completion uh, line is, that completion date, when you, you think a project's done and then a client comes back with lots of other things. But I guess, like you say, if, if that's your main 
nine to five thing or well not your nine to five thing obviously but if if you're just freelancing and doing other stuff on the side i guess it's a little bit easier to manage yeah yeah well uh for me i'm just uh, if i'm doing projects i have uh the same complications basically but it, it's all about um for me what i've learned is that it's all about managing expectations um um a lot of people they get so excited about a project and then uh they tend to forget about the those little details and i've i've uh, learned that the hard way a couple of times where i thought okay um I'm going to need this feature and that feature and that will round things up, right? But the client had uh, totally different thoughts about that. And I ended up like doing, uh, I think, 50 to 70 hours uh, over my estimation. Wow. Yeah. So, and if you if you translate that into, uh, into money or... Uh, yeah. uh, time that you could otherwise spend on something that doesn't annoy you then because if you expect something to be done and it's not it's the worst thing ever right absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah yeah so um yeah you you hit that bump a couple of times and then you 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 really get to ask yourself like how it, it, it's probably me that made this happen right yeah yeah uh, you are the one taking the job. You are the one uh, translating the uh, the requirement or the request into something that you then estimate. So yeah, it's basically yeah. all you. Yeah, I completely so agree. Then, these cases. So then uh, you really have to figure out, like, uh, how can I improve uh, this? And for me, every time it all boils down to managing expectations and those yeah. those situations they if you if you write it out it sounds really boring like uh somebody says i want uh, i want a blue square and you think okay that's super simple right but uh if you then go back and ask uh do you really want a blue square there might be like no i was talking about a red circle and that's actually a conversation that's quite common in our industry. Like, yeah. you could totally misunderstand something or uh, uh, misread the requirements. So, getting feedback on that is super important. Yeah, and that helps a lot. Yeah, and help when you, me. When you when you're specking projects out, do you go into great lengths of detail to say you are going to get exactly this, that, and the other? And you won't be getting this, that, and the other. Or do you, in turn, yeah, like just, I'm, I'm curious to know how you, when you go to the client and say, okay, this is what you're going to get. How, how detailed is that document? Is it like tens of pages or hundreds of pages, or is it? Well, I tend to do it more in a well. Uh, I wouldn't say the Scrum Agile way, but I, I do chunk it up into really small portions, and yeah, uh, you define, you define end goals for the project. Uh -huh. uh, that you aspire, uh, but you don't define everything that's going to be there at the end because most projects, they in total, they might take three months, but along the way, a lot of stuff changes. So there's, yeah. it, it, you really have no uh, gain in specking out the full thing. Right. Uh, it's actually going to... Um, uh, set the wrong expectations actually because you know things are going to change so why would you uh, claim that it's all going to be the same at the end right okay yep so uh, i do it in small portions and it's more about reaching goals than uh, saying what's going to be there uh, so if you want a problem to be solved uh, you can either describe what kind of tool you're going to use or describe the solution so um yeah that might be a little abstract or vague or um but you can say well there's going to be this page and there is a text field and uh, then you have a WYSIWYG editor and then you have a save button and uh if you edit it uh, uh, you can edit stuff you can uh, sort stuff but if somebody asks for a publication platform or 
something to manage his tweets, uh, uh, that's the problem they want solved, and they don't yeah. want to have a description of uh, a CRUD edit page. Gotcha, yep. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, yeah, so n no lengthy, uh, mile-long documents for me. Uh, <laughs> I just think that's super counterproductive. Yeah. I just had say, a really interesting experience with a, a client that we were working with a, a few weeks ago. And uh, we, it, it probably doesn't fall into this, a similar category. He's basically a small business. He wanted a website to represent his business because his current website wasn't so good. Um, and then we kind of we, we gave him a spec document saying, okay, you're going to have a contacts page, you're going to have your home page, you're going to have an about us page where you list all your services, blah, 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 this is what you're going to have. And then we we did designs, I mean, the designer I work with, we gave him designs, and so he saw exactly what he was going to get. And then I built the website, and then we handed it over to him and said, okay, well, here you go. Like, uh, we've, we've, we've done what was, was asked of us. Here's, here's your website. And he's like, oh, uh, can you put a gallery page in? And I said, oh, uh, well, there was no spec in the, in the, there was nothing mentioned in the spec for the gallery page. Um, yeah, so it's gonna. We can certainly build one for you. It's gonna cost you this amount of money. Um, and then I got a really shirty email back saying, "Where the f in the original contract did it say that it's gonna cost this much money for a gallery?" And I was a little bit taken wow. back by this, and because wow. it, it was there, there was literally no no mention of a gallery page. There was nothing in the designs that suggested there might be a gallery page. But then I, I guess, kind of from my point of view, is like I kind of took it back a step and thought, "Well, hang on a second, should we have maybe?" Should we have maybe said you're not going like actively said you're not going to get a gallery page? Like we we put we put in the I spec document. Sometimes do that in projects. Like it's not going to be this. It's not yeah, going to yeah. be that. But it is going to be this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we then, we kind of spec'd out exactly. We said you are going to get this. Anything else ab above this is going to cost this much money. So I pointed him him out that line. He said, "Okay, well, can you specify exactly in that contract where it says that I won't be getting a gallery page?" Oh, so, well, no. Yeah, but there's but nothing then, in there that says you're not going to get full. What's he going to ask for next? Like exactly, yeah, I, yeah. I was expecting for me to get a Ferrari out of this. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where does it say I'm not getting a Ferrari? Does it not say yeah. that I'm getting a Ferrari? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we ended up shipping the pro the the project without without a gallery page in the end. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it kind of it, that was that was a real project that really kind of threw me back and and did kind of make me question how I'm actually specking stuff out for clients. Yeah. Yeah. Those those kind of things are definitely it's good a learning curves. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, obviously, you were talking about your your band website and when it got hacked and everything, and. I've had that. I've had it twice, in fact, which is even worse. But um, in fact, the second time I had to get Ed to just basically go through my whole file structure and just check what had been uh, infected or anything like that. And oh, yeah. it, re it really did knock my confidence, actually, like like when it happened. Um, because by that time, I was like, I, I considered myself, well, I was fairly established at the time. I was thinking, that shouldn't be happening. And uh it's, I really hate the people who do that, to be fair. But I know it's on, the onus is on us to uh, protect against that. But uh, I do think anyone who's listening has had that as well. It, it does knock your confidence. It's it's not a nice experience. Yeah. 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 So I guess we should uh, talk a little bit about um, Fly System, if you if you don't mind, to go into a bit more detail about uh, what that is and uh, where people can find that stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, um just as a basic introduction, uh, Fly System is a, a package that um, maps APIs. That's the real abstract thing, right? But what it what it actually does it is it allows you to use the same API for whichever backend file system um, storage mechanism you might want to use. Uh, so whether it's uh, local on your own server or over FTP, if you need to get something from uh, client FTP or whatever, uh, or it's S3 or Dropbox, or uh, we've got a copy.com uh, adapter uh, also now. So, uh, and there are uh, quite a, a quite a number of other adapters, and um, people have been pushing pushing out their uh, custom adapters too. Uh, so there have been adapters for uh, Flickr and YouTube as well, which is uh, a bit crazy, but yeah, it, it works. <laughs> but it, it basically allows you to um, to use a file system as this abstract concept of somewhere where you put files. And 
your uh, your application or your uh, domain model uh, uh, doesn't have to know where those files are coming from or or where they're stored. They just need to know like from a uh, from a, a path what is the relative path to a uh, to a file, and that's the stuff that uh, Fly System uh, allows you to do, and it's. Uh, it, it, uh, it allows you to um, pivot on the on the spot if the project needs needs a different data store or you want to manage assets on uh, on S3. You can just basically uh, uh, hot swap uh, the adapter. Uh, well, not really hot swap, but uh, you can swap the adapter and um, migrate the files over and you're done. You don't need to change anything else anymore. So that allows uh, people to reduce technical debt. Um, and that's a, a great win in, in many, many projects out there, especially in the world that we now live in where uh, specifications aren't as clear and you want to reach a goal, but you, you're not sure what you're going to be doing next week on this project, maybe even. So uh, having a tool like Fly System. Uh, really helps a lot on that account that is awesome um i was wondering like how did it come about then was this just, just an idea you had or was it a problem that you were trying to solve for a project or something along those lines yeah i had a project and it was actually super annoying because i don't know have you ever have you ever done anything with ftp on uh, uh with php yes it's not <laughs> not mm. the nicest it's horrible. it's the most horrible thing ever like you yeah. want to die a thousand deaths? <laughs> you would rather want to die a thousand deaths than having to deal with FTP um, on PHP. Well, FTP in general is pretty bad, but uh, FTP on PHP is the worst. Um, so I had this project, and we needed to uh, get XML files, another fabulous format, uh, <laughs> and we needed to read that and uh, uh, convert it and uh, populate a database with that information. Um, but I was working for uh, remotely, uh, not remotely, on location um, for a client, and while I was working there, I was behind this whitelisted uh, IP, so I could just address the, the the FTP server. But when I wanted to work remotely, I uh, I couldn't. Like I just got connections errors, and then I figured, like, what if I can use the same API for local as I'm doing on FTP? I just have to map a couple of function names and. Um, normalize the results a little, and then it's basically just the same. So I did that, and then I was able to work um, from home and uh, still mimic that file structure, that relative path to my uh, to my local drive. And then while I was there, I could just work on the FTP. So that uh, allowed me to do uh, both things at the same time with uh, the same API. And once I had that, it really uh, got me thinking uh, about how that would apply to other things. So basically, that was the 0, 0 0.1 version. And then, uh, then I got really excited about the whole idea and started uh, just um, writing a whole bunch of adapters like for S3 and Dropbox and everything, looking into how everything should be done realizing that if you uh, if you're doing stuff like that you really have to learn a lot like the the AWS SDK is a ginormous beast and <laughs> that's something that you as a developer first need to invest in uh, if you want to be able to tackle uh, those sort of things um, for your application and if, if you can deal with something once, why would you deal with it over and over and over? So uh, that really got me motivated to, uh, yeah, put more time into it and uh, make more adapters, uh, make it bigger, make it better. Well, not, not necessarily bigger, but just make it better, put some time in and see what people think. And um, 
I worked on it for a month and then I thought, well, okay, this is basically finished and out there. And now I'm 13 months in and uh, I'm probably spending 15 hours at least on fly system a week. Wow. wow. That is so wow. cool. And um, so, yeah, but just... it's, uh, it's paid off. Like it's, uh, it's a, yeah. a nice piece of software now. It's, it's getting a lot of uh, adoption. So uh, I'm, I'm invited on podcast now, which is... <laughs> <laughs> You've basically yeah, just so... abstracted all the dirty, horrible stuff and just made it really nice. So you've just got this one unified API and, and all the method names are there. It doesn't matter what, what you're using. You just can use those. That's really nice. Yeah. And it also awesome. adds uh, a lot of testability too because... Yeah. If you want to test like the normal PHP uh, functions, I don't know if you've ever done that with local uh, file system stuff, but you actually yeah. have to be in a namespace then and redefine the function and mimic the character oh, uh, characteristics dear. and also mimic the outputs for every single case that you want to want to test on. That stuff is just horrible. Like you don't ever want to do that ever. More than once, like I did, I had to do it once because of Fly System. But I'm super glad that in every Never project, to do it again. I don't ever have to do that ever again. So, um, what what brought you to the League of Extraordinary Packages? Then, did you just get contacted, or did you contact them, or? Uh, um, I have uh, I've done some open source stuff in the past. Um. I was uh, a core member of the Fuel PHP framework. I don't know if you guys know that framework. That yep, yeah. Well, I did that for a while, and I, on the team, the guy who brought me, uh, uh, well, got me more involved was Phil Sturgeon, and um, he had this idea with I think Alex Bil Bibley, Bilby, Bilby, yeah. Uh, and Ben Corlett's, um just to group some packages together, um, have some uh, have a common vendor namespace, and uh, just have them be up to par, right? Proper tests, proper uh, coding standards, uh, good code quality. Uh, just try to put the best out there. And uh, I had some other packages that uh, they actually, uh, that Phil asked for me to uh, uh, get on board there. But then I, uh, I opted for a fly system, which nobody at that time knew uh, <laughs> except for a, a couple of people that, uh, that are friends of mine. And, um, Oh, by the way, uh, it wasn't called the, the PHP league or the league of extraordinary packages back, back then. <laughs> was actually called the Super Best Friends Club. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can, like, still, this, this name is, of course, it's still a, a, a tongue-in-cheek name. Uh, but that name was just flat-out ridiculous. So we needed to, <laughs> to change that. And, and we did. And uh, since then, it's got a lot of traction. Like, uh, once we got the Twitter account for that... Uh, I think within a week, that account had more Twitter followers than I have on my account. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, so uh, basically it was just Phil asking me if I had a good project that wanted to comply to uh, the rules that they had made up. And uh, since then, I've been a, a very active uh, member uh we're we're formalizing some stuff right now getting uh, internal communication sorted and um yeah so really uh getting somewhat more professional in uh in our uh little gang no it's really yeah. good like it's a really nice idea that you know to have this kind of aggregation of good stuff um and like so, so with fuel, then like, uh, so do you still work on fuel? Do you still use fuel day to day? Uh, actually, I I don't anymore. Um, um, the projects that I'm working on now, 
uh, are mostly projects that I don't start. So I don't get a lot of greenfield uh, assignments. Uh, I have uh, I'm mostly pulled into larger teams if they need assistance uh, or uh, they need a replacement or uh, a specialist for something. Um, so then uh, sometimes I have to work with uh, um, Zend, uh, which I don't really like. <laughs> Lovely, yep. <laughs> yeah, especially odd. Uh, I had a project that uh, was on Zend 1.11, oh. which is, uh, I think, probably the most bad bad code base I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're happy to get rid of that one. It's like, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but, and then other times I'm working on uh, Laravel apps, uh, 3 and 4, first uh, uh, and 3 and 4, uh, or uh, Symphony apps. So really I don't have a choice in frameworks anymore. And my interest has shifted from... Um, I was really down with the whole framework thing because uh, I just thought that was the most brilliant thing ever because I was fairly new to open source and I just saw this uh, ginormous toolbox of all this awesome stuff that I could use. But it was most frameworks back then were uh, were uh, I want to be the tool for yeah, every everything. single thing you do out there. And I just don't believe that anymore. So I'm not really interested in frameworks as a concept anymore. So uh, packages that tackle a specific uh, specific problem, I'm all down for that. So that's what I'm focusing on now. But yeah, frameworks for for me, it's not a uh, it's not an unsolved problem. It's not new territory. It's not uh, something that's really uh, revolutionary or anything. So yeah, it's 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 just. Most of it has already been done. Um, it's just polishing now. Yeah, another amalgamation of like another thing that someone's got. Yeah, and uh, I can um, I can put proper code into any shit framework. Yeah, like, <laughs> a framework shouldn't be the bottleneck for uh, for getting good good code out there. Uh, of course, it helps and it helps a lot. Uh, in in some cases, uh, it will make things easier. Uh, but it's you can uh, if you do the package based approach, you can really facilitate that for yourself as well. Uh, most of the things that people uh, like about uh, frameworks, like I want to be able to route to a controller or uh, or uh, do have a, a dependency injection uh, container. Uh, there are all packages for that, and there's not a, uh, a you have to go to this one-stop shop. Uh, like, there's not just one solution, but something that's not in a popular framework uh, might really be suitable for you. Um, so doing it that way, uh, yeah, really suits my way of thinking and way of working. Um and especially because I have to work on different kinds of code bases, um, uh, you don't have the luxury of uh, dictating the tools you work with anyway. So relying uh, on something that you can bring in yourself is a lot easier. To do, with all these code bases, do you find that Composer is the savior because then you can bring in packages and stuff like that and yeah hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my life would probably not be as nice if it wasn't for for a composer because i would be uh carrying or maybe i'd still use git for that of course but it would feel like i would have to have a usb stick with yeah. my favorite <laughs> libraries and ship them around wherever i go like uh php life before composer is pretty much the stone age it so. does feel that way doesn't it it's crazy that it's only been around a couple of years but it has completely changed the way we we use and work with php yeah and this is what i mean right it's not a framework it's something 
uh, that wasn't defined in PHP land before. It was somewhere else, but uh, it wasn't in in uh, in PHP land in a in a way that was really nicely usable. Like, of course, you had Peckle and uh, uh, stuff like that, but or pair and uh, uh, yeah, more like pair. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Everybody was hesitant to to really get into it. Didn't have a nice barrier of entry. Nobody on uh, uh, shared hosting could do anything with that. <laughs> so yeah, it basically excluded. I think more than fifty percent, at least, like probably like eighty percent of the PHP installations were excluded in that setup. So I insane, isn't it? Don't don't quote me on that figure. I could be horribly <laughs> A wrong. Estimated but... figure, but it does sound realistic. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and but Composer really, really changed that a lot. And I think more things have really benefited uh, uh, the PHP landscape, like uh, tools like Vagrant and uh, tools like um, even like things like Chef and Puppet and Ansible. Yeah. Uh, they they allow people to get really uh, difficult stuff up and running in no time without having to acquire a massive amount of knowledge. Like you can provision a uh, an Ubuntu server on your desktop, whether on Windows or on Mac or Linux, whatever, uh, with the, basically the same configuration, exactly which you it. can yep. just get online. And you're up and running. So, like, how easy is it to have something, uh, to have a development environment now? Like, and to have that and to have people uh, be able to have the rights that were otherwise not granted on, uh, for them on, say, a shared hosting, really allows them to explore. And it allows people to make mistakes because you can just destroy the box and try again. And this has helped me a lot personally get more into the whole Linux stuff because um, uh, in one situation, I was just starting a project and I wanted to get some auto-deployment stuff, uh, roll my own auto-deployment stuff uh, going. And uh, for some reason, uh, I still uh, I can't really recall what I did, but... I uh, uh, basically locked myself out of SSH then. That was ah, a couple of years, right? <laughs> and probably anybody who has messed with SSH has probably done this. Yep, I've uh, done it before as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you then try to do uh, stuff with, uh, with Vagrant and Ansible, and then you just SSH into that box, uh, mess around, and if you screw up, just uh, start again, yeah. And you're good to go again. Like, how easy is it to have such a fault tolerant uh, setup and just uh, try stuff out? It's brilliant. It's great for experimentation, isn't it? As you say, and it's it's not that because now with virtual machines and all that, and with Vagrant providing that nice layer that we don't have to have like a Linux box. You don't have to have a specific other box that you use to test operating systems or test a certain setup. You can just script it, run it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, start again. Yeah. It is amazing. I mean, another thing actually, I noticed that you went to Laracon this year and it was hosted in Amsterdam. I was very jealous of that because that would have been very cool. Uh, I just wondered how... Why did you guys go? I know. (laughs) Yeah, just, you were in Amsterdam quite recently. I was actually in Amsterdam quite recently, yeah. But unfortunately, at work and stuff, started a new job and it all kind of, yeah. But next next year, I think actually saying that, I think I remember Dale when he came on that there may be one in England, in the oh, UK. Yeah, yeah I've heard some, some rumours about yeah, that. Yeah, so that would be quite interesting. Um, that would be cool. I, it would be very cool. Um, I'm just wondering, how was it? Was it a, a really good experience? Oh yeah, definitely. Like it was, uh, I was at uh, Laracon EU last year as well, and I've actually uh, spoken at both uh, of the conferences. Um, and last year, uh, last year was the first year, right? So everything was new, and 
they do. Uh, um, do you guys, you guys know Shama Cool, right? Yeah. Shama Cool and uh, the lesser known uh, Jeroen Gerrits. He's actually a, a, a buddy of mine, and uh, they they uh, co-organize this stuff, and they've done such such an amazing job. Like the venue is uh, was top notch. The people that were speaking both years, like uh, um, uh, to be amongst uh, uh, quality speakers like that, that was that was the most amazing experience. Uh, everything was just uh, well, well organized. A super welcoming crowd. Um, every night after after every day, uh, we'd go out for beers with uh, with a group of people, and it would always be uh, like you'd have a, a main gang, but uh, always be different people that were tagging along. But yeah. um, uh, like the group would get. As big as like thirty people, which wow. is <laughs> not a big yeah, that's to talk pretty to. big, right? Like I, I've only been to Laracons as conferences, so I can't really uh, compare it to anything else because I haven't experienced anything else. But for me, that just sounds like a, a, a very, very large group, and it was a, quite difficult to manage such a large group in Amsterdam, but. <laughs> uh, it worked out and was yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. That's awesome. And what did you uh, actually do a speak or uh, your talk on then? Uh, I talked about fly system. So for me, it was a shameless <laughs> self promotion one one. Oh no, it's an absolutely amazing package. So there's nothing wrong there. Um, I was wondering, what is the future for fly system? Have you got any crazy ideas more, or are you just thinking at the moment it's kind of done and you're just maintaining it? Oh no! Uh, the stuff that I'm working on now for Fly System is—it's um, more on a um, code level basis that I'm gonna do massive, massive refactoring. Uh, basically, the the next version is isn't gonna look internally. It's not gonna look nothing like it is now, but it's gonna work exactly the same. So uh, it's it's gonna have. Uh, uh the the code is is much more pure in a sense in the next uh in, in the next uh version um but it won't have any big uh, backwards compel- compatibility changes so uh uh trying not to break anything is is a big challenge for me but trying to get it up to par with the coding standards that I have now um that's a big challenge so it's not going to be like in a week or in, in two weeks it, it's it's a on the long run uh, kind of scenario yeah um but code quality wise it will be massively improved and uh through that it will get a lot of new nicer ways of using it uh like now you've got this uh file system uh, object that you're using right and you've got a read and a read stream and uh, you've got all these uh, different um, uh, metadata inspection things and they're all kind of bundled together which is which is nice and um, uh, but in some ways it's also a conflict of interest like uh, if you look code quality wise the the file system class on uh, tools like scrutinizer uh it's rated critical because it's far too big like it is one massive thing uh, so that's going to be split up and because it's split up at the front uh layer it's also got to be split up at the back so every adapter will be uh, split up into um into little tasks uh, which will make everything a lot easier to manage and the code quality and the uh, overall stability uh, will be massively improved. So that's what I'm uh, working on over the next few months, really. That's cool. Um, well, I was just wondering, actually, another question. I'm hogging you at the moment. So <laughs> um, <laughs> no worries. What is the PHP community like in Amsterdam? Like, it's you, brilliant. Is it really? Really. We've got a user group here, and actually um, I'm uh, doing my fly system talk there uh, this Thursday. Uh, I've talked there one time before that was actually my first talk and 
we've it's such a welcoming group and uh i don't know if you guys know uh rafael domes yes he is yeah okay well he's the the leader of our uh, uh little gang of misfits but the gang <laughs> is not really small anymore like on average on a meetup um like 60 to 80 people will attend wow, that is crazy wow so like 70 on average uh, that's pretty decent um i've i've seen other meetup groups like if they had 25 people it was a well attended meetup yeah. group if if amsterdam php would have 25 people attending uh people would would be worried i think <laughs> like like where have all the people gone is there a is there Armageddon going? <laughs> Why aren't you here for this? This meet up. So yeah, no, um, and it's super welcoming. We have a lot of uh, new and up and coming speakers. Like I've only talked at a couple of um, uh, events, like two Laracons. Uh, I've done a couple of meetup groups, and um, like now here in this uh, this podcast is a, well, not a really talk thingy but it is a speech thingy so um i'm i'm still really new to this and um the amsterdam php community really uh embraces uh new people and and tries to guide them and gives them uh a chance to 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 uh to see if it's something for them and uh try to so yeah, we've got uh, awesome speakers. Like at Laracon, uh, we had um, Erica Heidi, we had uh, Raphael Domes himself, we had Michelle Sonfer, um, we had uh, Ross Tuck, and I. We were all speaking, and we we're all Amsterdam PHP meetup attendees. That is so, so awesome. Wow. That is cool. Guys, I hate to uh, cut it short, but we have got over the hour mark, so we probably should call it a day. No, it's been yeah, fantastic. Thank you, so much. thank you guys for having me on. It's Not been great, time, man. Yeah, we'll get you on again. Yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, next, yeah, if we go to Laracon next year in Amsterdam, we'll have to meet up and, and join you with with those thirty other people for a few yes. beers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> personal tour guide. No worries. Yes. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Try and keep that out of trouble because last time he went, he got himself in a bit of trouble in Amsterdam. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> cool. Oh, Thanks, Frank. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank Thanks you so lot, much. Right. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.